0: Welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. I'm Bonnie, and I talk to heroes about what excites them, and we also talk about the mysteries of the universe. This week stars our friend and sister, Pickle. Pickle used to be in Death Valley Girls for many years and is now in Frankie and the Witch Pickle is an amazing artist, bassist, and human, but she came here to share her story about something very important that altered her life. This show comes with a giant content warning, but I urge you to listen. It gets tough, but she found a healing modality that I think can help so many people. And while it's hard to listen to, this might be just the kind of help you're looking for if you are struggling with PTSD, depression, or trauma. Getting help is possible, and thanks to Pickle, we now know a new way. Now please, welcome to your head and heart, Pickle! Deal. Hi, Vickle. <laughs> Hi, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here um on the podcast um at Long Lost, but I think we already did this once uh before. Um, but what is before? Nothing, if you ask me. I know. <laughs> There's it just today. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I I'm super excited to have you here, and I feel like there's a million billion things that we can talk about, um, and I'm sure this won't be your only um trip uh to this um virtual playground meeting space. but uh I do uh, you shared with me something when we were hanging out the other day that I felt like um, so many roads had led to this one particular place, um which I will call and many others, have called EMDR therapy. And uh, I guess I've been so curious about it. Um, I tried it. Uh, my favorite podcast in the world, this is actually happening. Everyone is like, everything was bad, and then I did EMDR. And uh, and I was just always like, what is this magic? But I guess um, that's something we're going to talk about. But uh, something that... Um, I don't know why, but is like really important to me is this, um, and that all of the people that have been on this, uh, radio station, if you will, for the last few weeks and for the upcoming weeks is this general theme of, um, something, some type of incident or situation happening. Um, and even for me getting sick and then, uh, it tears apart reality and then, um, how one puts the pieces back together or not, um, but in this case, together. Um, so I would just like, um, yeah, to talk to you about, um, this amazing scientific modality that you found that has helped you. Um, so maybe it can help others.
1: Yeah, thank you. I mean, I'm not an expert on it, but I am experiencing it right now, and it is changing my life i think it feels it's so powerful and i i've been just recommending it to everybody that i've that's close to me that i know has like trauma either like acute or long term that they might want to work on because i feel like i literally feel like i'm recalibrating the fabric of my dna with this stuff it's like um I'm going back in time and changing things. But the the reason that I started doing it is because I had a traumatic event happen to me a few months ago. Um, I'm sorry. I know. I experienced a death. Uh, my my little baby doggy, who I loved so, so dearly and loved me back so, so much, um, was killed violently um, by a, do- a dog attack. A, a neighbor's dog got loose and... While I was on tour, I wasn't here to experience it, but uh, heard about it later, heard all the details of it later. And just so unexpected, so traumatic. He was only three years old. He was a little little baby boy, and it just destroyed me. Like it just ripped me apart, and I was devastated. And I felt so much guilt for not being there. I felt so much trauma for not having like seen it. I was just, I was just hearing secondhand what had happened and assigning probably the worst possible like reality to what it, what I had missed. Um, And I was able to come back to see his body and like say goodbye to him and like send him to be cremated, Um, like going through every possible detail and just stuck in that. And then I was also really stuck on, the first time seeing his body like I had just seen him he was alive he was happy he was saying goodbye to me and kissing me and then I came to the vet and he was laying there dead and it was like those two things were I know me too it's so tragic and so senseless and so avoidable um but it was yeah it was uh it was really awful and I just was really having trouble moving forward in my life I was like trigger warning just like thinking of ways to end it (laughs) just like that why would I want to continue in this pain like all of the tragedy of it was like very overwhelming for me and I I yeah I I really didn't know how to go forward I I was telling the people close to me like I don't want to be here anymore (laughs) I think that's pretty common for like when you undergo something so traumatic or so, or something so devastating and you're just trapped in your grief um for me it ha- it hadn't happened m- many times that in my life that I've felt that way that's like it was it was a really big low for me but um one of mm-hmm. the
0: neighbors yeah I'm sorry but I don't think that there's I think that that's totally totally. A normal response. Uh, I mean, I think it's the worst, you know, like I can't imagine anything, you know, worse. I'm so sorry. So it's like losing your baby.
1: Like I never planned to have human children. I have like furry dog children and like, yeah, it was like losing a child. It felt like I've lost my dad. I've lost my uncle. I've lost my grandparents. I've lost like family members, friends, people close to me, but nothing felt like losing like my child it literally felt like i just was like my baby's gone um of
0: course
1: but um one of the neighbors who was who had helped in the um the attack and like been there for him and and was there when he passed she um was able to she had found a pet grief counselor and passed that information along to me through a friend and was like, this lady's really helping me out like process the grief because she was experiencing grief too. Like for having witness that was it was hard. Um and uh I didn't know what to I, I didn't have a therapist. I didn't have any support other than like friends and family telling me, you know, like being here for me. And I thought it couldn't hurt. Like, I'll try pet, cre- I'll try anything. I'll try whatever. Like, this couldn't, this couldn't be, it couldn't be bad if it, at if the very least, it's just someone else to talk to. Um, And after the first session, it was, like, a night and day experience. I, like, I don't, I don't actually know what EMDR stands for. I'm sure it's easily google Googleable. but um, the experience I have had with it is, it's, it seems like akin to hypnosis a little bit. It's not, you're not under, you're fully conscious, but there's like a, there's a thing that's like stimulating each side of your brain. So some people do it with like a kinetic thing, like you're touching something and it vibrates in either of your hands. So it's stimulating each like meridian of your brain. Some people have like, there's like um, tapping you can do on either side of your body. There's like a sound that goes in like one ear and the other ear alternating, or there's like a visual thing that's like going across your vision. The, uh, the modality I used is, we did our sessions over Zoom and I, I wore like stereo headphones. So each ear was isolated and I watched a dot go across the screen, right to left, right to left. And as it hit the side of the screen, there would be a click in one ear, a click in the other ear. So it kind of feels like that typical, like, hypnosis where you, like, watch the watch the stopwatch, watch the watch, like, go back and forth. You're getting <laughs> yeah. very sleepy. It's kind of got, like, that feeling to it. But you never lose track of reality. You're always, like, you're talking for part of it. You're checking in at various stages of it. Um, and she basically brought me through like, all of the most acute traumatic uh, thoughts that I was having about losing him. And this is a therapist who works with, like, uh, victims of like mass shootings and like people who have seen war zones. Like the she deals with people who she's actually a professor, and I can I can give her information. Um, she's actually a professor at uh, UC Fullerton, and she teaches. Uh, she does like she teaches this modality there. Um, yeah. But she so she's she's very used to working with people who are dealing with like acute trauma and acute grief, and. Um, she also like specializes in stuff with pets as well. Um, but yeah, so she took me through the, uh, the things that I was stuck in the, the realities that I was looping on and we just went top to bottom. She helped, she let me like, let my mind wander from thing to thing. I like explained every single thing that was like inside of me, exactly where it was living inside of me. Like if it was a tenseness in my chest, if it was a sick feeling in my stomach, if it was like an overwhelming of grief all over my body, if it was like my skin hurt or like if it was like my teeth were, you know, tight or something, I could explain to her where in my body it was and then give it um, a number of how intense the, the pain was. And we just went through it over and over again. um, These different situations, thinking about my guilt, thinking about my um, surprise and shock, thinking about getting the phone call, thinking about all the different aspects of it. And after I was done with the first session, I was like a mess. I was drained. I had been crying. I was like puffy faced. (laughs) I felt like I felt like I got ran over by a truck. I I was feeling, I physically felt just like wrung out. And obviously you would if you are, you know, like reliving a traumatic event and going through, you know, crying a bunch, going through all the like anxiety, um, like digging into that anxiety. But this was different. I like slept for like three hours afterwards. And I'm not a person that really naps so much. Um, and it was like, I was like, recovering from a sickness or something and starting even the next day I felt like it was harder for me to access these thoughts and access these memories and access like I, I'm a person with a very visual mind I have a very vivid imagination and can picture things very easily it's just that's the way my brain works even with music even with things that aren't visual logical logic problems I think of things visually so I was it was weird for me to not even be able to access my visual memories of these things it felt like pushing against like a veil or something like um I don't even know how to describe it. It's like it feels like <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, the movie where they go in and they like zap your memories out. It felt it feels like that uh when I do it. It's like the difficult memories I have are now further away or I can go back to the same room but the people aren't in it. It's like a it's like a distant dream now. And <clears throat> The fact that I'm even able to, like, say my dog's name, Elroy. The fact that I'm able to talk about the situation that happened. The the fact, like, just a few months after this event, I feel like
0: is... We'll come here, be willing to come here and share it in hopes of helping someone, I think is fucking huge, like, and quick miles. You know, like, yeah, I don't, it's crazy that, you know... It's crazy cool that you know that this is happening. Uh, that this happened. I think. Um, sorry to interrupt you, but I think uh, what it is is that um, you you know it was like trauma, and you you healed the trauma, not the pain and sorrow, and like you know, not the situation of like how horrible it is of us of of the loss. You never get rid of the loss, but you were in a traumatized state and this brought you out of that state to heal the trauma of it. Not, you know, like,
1: um, Mm -hmm.
0: it's wild.
1: I, I feel like it's wild because before I wasn't able, even able to talk to anyone about him, I was afraid, like people, people would bring it up to me and I would immediately tear up and Now it's like I'm able to, yeah, have my grief and have that loss and miss him, but I'm not stuck in a traumatic anxiety loop of why didn't I do more? Like what, what could I have done differently? How is this my fault? Like digging into like the pain he must have felt, you know, those, those thoughts and feelings are much further away. And now I'm able to just miss him. And yeah, to talk about him is like, it's, I feel like I've come a long way in a very short amount of time. And my therapist even mentioned that she was like, there's this tendency to not want to let go of your grief or to feel like you're, you know, tarnishing his memory or like not doing honor to his memory by moving through this. And there's like a guilt there. And she's like, I want you to, you know, to know that that's very common and to like, don't beat yourself up because you're moving past this. You deserve to feel better and he would want you to be happy and feel better and move past this. Um, So you're not like, you know, doing a disservice to him by working on this. Um, But yeah, I just found so much relief in it that now I am working on like going back into more, just working on myself through this Uh, modality, like, working on, like, childhood things, like, going into, you know, like, finding links between stuff that happened to me as a kid and stuff that that happened to me as an adult and, like, uh, working through, yeah, maybe traumas that are, like, a little further away. And I'm also feeling these same results where it's, like, uh, having trouble picturing the the person or the room or the situation it's like it feels like brain surgery like i keep trying to explain it to people and be like it's like you've walked these paths in your mind so much you it, whether it's something that's acute and and recent and and like very difficult my mind kept going back to the situation with elroy with my dog but further away events like it's like you're you you can re- you've revisited those so many times you've walked those pathways so many times in your head that those like synapses are wide, and this feels like going in and like sewing them shut or like lasering them closed or doing some kind of a surgery to like narrow the pathway to where you almost can't even walk it anymore. You can't even fit through it it's like pushing your way through to try to access those memories it's just not it's not easy anymore at all and i don't know i just really want to i'm i'm discovering so much benefit from it even just in a short amount of time and yeah. i really feel like working now on these things that have made me who i am stuff that happened to me when i was 10 stuff that happened to me when i was 20 like um those those shaped how i handle stressful situations and now that i'm closing those memories closing those synapses it's like i'm i'm approaching uh stressful situations differently it's like i'm a i feel like a different person I yeah really, i really like how this is working for me
0: yeah no it's amazing i think um just for uh my just for anybody that's listening to know what um you mean is that like what from my understanding of it it's like bilateral stimulation so that's why you move your eyes or you tap on either side or you hear it in your ears and what it's just like a anyone can look it up obviously but it's like a it's a new kind of it's not new but it's a therapy that people are finding to be super useful because I think trauma wasn't in the general sort of like arena of people, you know, just it's like 20 years since people realized that other people, aside from vets, like have traumatic experiences, which is, um, you know, it's fair, but, uh, you know, every, it's becoming more and more realized that things that happen to you when you're a kid can traumatize you and affect you um, or not even traumatize you, but anything can have an effect on you that you can't control. That's the way you've your brain has just grown that way and it's reinforced that and um, so many different ways. And um, yeah, is that, so this goes in and it kind of just like where your thoughts get stuck and sort of like, you have like three parts of your brain and the first, you know, I don't, I'm not going to go super into it, but just how I was explained it is it moves it from, it moves it throughout your whole brain so that you can process it instead of keeping it stuck in the, most primal brain, which is like the fight, flight, freeze, where it just like keeps spinning and spinning and spinning and then kind of dips into the next one, which is like your memory of a similar feeling like that. So Mm -hmm. when you're in a traumatized state, you oscillate between the like fight, flight, freeze, whatever, and the memory of other times when you felt that way. And when you do the bilateral stimulation and talk about the thing that, um, has affected you, it moves it throughout the brain past that to the part that's like, that can heal it as like a sophisticated human entity, um, is, is how I've come to understand it. But I guess something else, uh, I wanted to talk to you about, um, which is also like related to this is, you know, like not only did this happen to you when you were alive, but like, it happened to you when you were in the middle of like probably the busiest year of your life and, and you were still on tour um, and you still did your job um, and you still performed and you still played and you still showed up and you still did all those things, which I think is totally remarkable um and mm-hmm. amazing and, you know, like unbelievable. But I also just like want to mention it because I think. A lot of people are like, um, oh, that show got canceled? Ugh, why? Like, no, oh, I can't believe they canceled that. And it's like, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have to cancel some stuff, you know? And it's just like incredible that you kept going um, and you, you know, slayed. We were behind you on tour and everyone's like, oh my God. Um, but I do want, want to talk about, um, not just connected to that, but being on tour, being on the road, and, um, just like how uh, I think that, um, for me, I, I at this point find it almost like impossible to understand how you can do that, um, and like be connected to your intuition. But I guess, yeah, if you can just like explain your experience of, you know, tour and like, um, yeah, just like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like, I feel like in normal life, you, you're you like listening to your intuition and it's like, I don't want to go there. So you like, don't. Um, mm-hmm. And on tour, it's like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do this now. I don't want to see them. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to eat this. I don't want to do, it's like, just like you're being like gifted so much important information, but you have to like deny it all and push through. Um, yeah, I guess I'm just curious. Like, you're a badass witch, bitch. Like, I guess, like, how do you do it?
1: Oh man, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, like, maintaining my mental health or maintaining my uh, <laughs> maintaining my magical practices. You mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I, mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just such a weird. It's you weird. Know,
1: Being on tour is so weird. It's such a weird thing. You're always, every problem is very immediate. Like we need to get here on time. We need to make sure that we load in. Okay. We did those things. Okay. We don't have enough tape for the merch booth. Okay. We need to make sure that we've got scissors. We make sure we need to have enough cables. Oh, that cable's not working. Like everything's a very like immediate problem and then immediate solution. Not the same in real life. In real life. It's like, (laughs) Oh, I I should we're getting low on toilet paper. We should put that on our list to get at the end of the week when we go shopping or maybe I should start putting money away for my 401k or maybe I should think about my insurance. You know, like all the problems that you have at your house when you're home are so like long setting yourself up for long-term success, but on the road it's all just immediate problem, immediate solution. I I kind of feel like I have like maybe an addiction to that yeah, you love that. Yeah, I love the immediate problem, immediate solution, like dopamine hit to your brain of like, okay, we found the tape. Okay, we got enough picks. Okay, we got the, we fixed the cable.
0: Okay, someone's letting us borrow their head. Like, I remember all- you said that. That was your first like in 2020, like whatever month into it I remember that was like you're like I'm not getting my like adrenaline hits from like problem solving <laughs> yeah exactly I was all trapped yeah I you're not I, adrenaline what's it called dopamine it's dopamine hit okay That's yeah a little yeah just your bot, your
1: brain gives you a little reward of like you solved it good job bravo yeah. um yeah I think for me tour is about celebrating these tiny little successes there you're right there is plenty of times where it's like I don't really want to go there there today or I don't really feel like talking to people tonight or whatever I'm having a hard time right now and like it's difficult for me to put on a happy face and pretend like this is a party for me um but I think I think it's about like small gratitudes I mean we've talked about gratitude and stuff a lot together I think I think it's a practice to stay in your gratitude, yeah. like, attempt to pat yourself on the back for the successes you have, attempt to remind yourself how lucky you are that you're able to do this, like, oh my gosh, this is so hard, I'm sick, and I am have to perform tonight, but hey, I'm halfway around the world, like, I can't believe I get to be in this country I've never been to before, or like uh i don't know eat this crazy cool food or stay in this really nice bed tonight you know that i think it's like trying to trying to stay in your gratitude about it no matter how hard it might be yeah uh, being being on the road immediately after my dog died was i think i was in, still in shock like i don't think okay. i was really there i i really uh, my brain Yeah, I just wasn't there. I was, like, performing on stage, and my body was doing the right things. Yeah. I I was kind of surprised. I was like, I guess if I just go into autopilot, my body knows how to play these songs. Like, I'll just let it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that – yeah, no, totally. I mean, I saw photos of you and everything, and it just – whenever anyone has had – has been in grief or, like, um, a situation like that, I'm always, like, don't play right now. Like, mm-hmm. don't do it just because of that one desert days where I had that fever and there's all those pictures of me looking, like, remember mm-hmm. that where I was, like, completely Not. messed up? I had no idea where I was and, like, the, like, shame of, like, having photos and videos of you and you're, like, Not there. Um, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean is like, I've just never been able to get over that, uh, for some reason. Like, and I've always just been like, like, if you're not feeling, you know, there's going to be photos of you. Like, and everyone's like, that's had a situation. It's like, no, I want to play. Like, I don't want to not play. Like. Cause you're not going to be where you want to be mentally anyways. So it's just like, what I'm going to feel worse if I cancel or whatever. But yeah, I just, I saw you couldn't see on your photos. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, like you, it, it looked like you were playing a show and not to like bring that up, but it just is like for me, a personal, um, you know, like a personal issue that I've always just like never gotten over. Uh, oh, yeah. That it's situation, like <laughs> just like
1: look get drunk, and you and there's a picture from the night, and you're like, I don't remember this picture being taken, but instead, it's in like in front of 20,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that show. I remember you looking at me at one point and being like, What are the words to this part? And I was like, I don't even know.
0: I'm playing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing I, my part I, over here. I, I don't know how to tell you ahead of time what's coming up. <laughs> I know. That I kept was- like trying to get off stage or something.
1: Yeah, you like. were trying to get off state. Yeah, you pulled it off. I don't think anyone knew that there was you were having like such a high temperature fever that you were hallucinating and not actually there.
0: I <laughs> mean, tough. I looked scared. They played, you played. But... You you slayed. No one knew but us. I mean, yeah, it's just that th- like I looked like scared, like mm-hmm. which is you know, like it's a nightmare. Like you're looking out at like 500 people, and you don't know what you're doing up there. And like, shit show was wearing like some sort of <laughs> strange hat, like, and, and a gown or, or like a robe. Uh-huh. And he looked like a um, a monk of some type. And I kept on going over and like, <laughs> like what are we doing here? You know, I don't know. You but remember, so- you
1: remember the rest of that tour too. You you got better you we did the tour and when you got home you got sick again and your your friend the doctor was like this, did you know this is a, a medical phenomenon that your body can put your sickness on hold sometimes like yeah like you had <laughs> strep throat, throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we didn't know and none of us got it none Cause of your, you guys got it your body like hibernated it and like It like compartmentalized it off to the side for a month while we did a tour. And when you got home, then you just had your strep throat. Then it's like it put it off for you. That's crazy. That's a medical phenomenon.
0: That's wild. I know. Yeah. Like, what is that? A bacteria or what's the other option? Viral? I don't know. Well, whatever it is, it's not something that like hides, like, I'll give you three weeks of health and then I'll come back. But yeah, that was crazy. Also, I want to, I talked to somebody else about this, um, is do you remember like any specific incidents where we had like the same dream? I mean, I definitely
1: remember coincidences of, well, you like to wake up and talk about your dreams. And that was fun for me because I was like, it made me remember them more. But I definitely remember incidences of waking up. Usually you would be awake before me, and you'd be like, "Hi, I was waiting for you to get up," (laughs) and I'd be like, "Good morning." I think we always, I think we were always having like little visitations or little uh, coincidences where we're like, "Yeah, we're like, oh, you dreamed about." being there I dreamed about being there too or the kid was walking through and
0: she was doing this and we're I'm like the kid was in my dream too yeah 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 Yeah, I was trying to remember if there was any like specific ones I could remember but um because yeah like at some point I started like really like having to have like a big like pillow thing around my head because I was like I don't want to have anyone else's dreams I don't know what that means (laughs) but it's like just so weird to me but yeah (laughs) well thank you that you i think you just um emdr my butt right back into place because it is gratitude that's always the answer to everything is like i just keep feeling like um when i'm home which is like for we're in a pretty similar boat last year not anymore but um It was just like every other month we were gone. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I I wasn't home for more than three weeks and all year and like, oh, somebody's shaking. Mm -hmm. Um, You can sit and relax still, though. Um, But yeah, I just kept getting home and being like, I don't know if it's that it's the first time you have choices to make. And so I was like, I don't want to do anything. But like this whole year, I would just on tour feel like tough and so proud of how hard we did it and got everything done and was like, this is incredible. We're doing this with no help or whatever. And it's amazing. And like, we did it and so proud. Like, I can't believe I was out every night. I mm-hmm. didn't like doing that. And I just did that for a <laughs> month and that's amazing. And like, sometimes you're just proud that you don't get sick, whatever it is. And like, just mm-hmm. felt like once I got home, Someone be like, Do you want to go out? And be like, I don't feel good. And it was true. And it, but then I was like, Is this, did I feel this way on tour and I could still function? Like, you know what I mean? Do you ever, when you get home, just be like, I don't feel that good. I don't want to go out. And you're like, But I think this is how I feel. You know what I mean? I mean,
1: I definitely, I'll plan stuff for when I get home from tour. And when I get home, I'm like, why did I plan this? I, sh- <laughs> I, need, like, I need a week at minimum to just lay in bed. And yeah. I, I do think that there's like the phenomenon that happened to you where your body just like waited to be sick. That <laughs> that happens. It's so common. The yeah. People, yeah the, everyone I talk to is like, as soon as you slow down, your body catches up to you and is like, Oh, you're not you're not running on adrenaline and moving constantly. Now we'll be sick for you. Like you saved it up. Now you're going to be sick for a while. Like you have to lie down.
0: But do, yeah, no, totally. I I mean that happens to me. I think every time I, I just feel like I thought it was like self induced. Like Maybe. like I just am like I'm going to be sick for a week. Like I'm sorry, uh, yeah. I can't talk to you until a weekend. And then I'm like at a week. I'm like I'm not ready yet. And then it's ten days. And then I'm like, oh, shit, we're leaving in, like, 10 more (laughs) days. I'm just going to stay in bed or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, I'm just starting to wonder, like, for the last, like, what the fuck? Is it raining? Yeah. Okay. I think there's, like, a tree that sometimes, like, tickles my window. I think that just happened. Um, That scared the shit out of me. Um, But... Yeah, as I think now my, that I, maybe I've talked to you about this, I don't know, but I I don't, and you do know this, is like, I don't really cry when I'm sad. I only cry when I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And I cry when I'm sad, like a couple times a year. Um, mm-hmm. And all of my friends are so good at crying and I'm so jealous. But I think what I'm realizing is for me, emotions just show up as like, I'm like, ow, I have a headache. but that's just me being sad and then when i'm mad i'm like oh my stomach hurts it's just like it doesn't get to the place i don't know it doesn't move fast enough i don't know what the deal is but so i've just been getting like crazy migraines for like a while now and uh and i know it's from stress and not processing shit so i just wonder if When we get home and we get sick, if it's that we're processing what we didn't have a chance to or if we're sick because we were processing shit on the road and then we just come home and we're like, and -hmm. we're just like, not, you know, you don't have the same ritual. Like, I feel like I have better rituals, physical rituals on tour than at home. Really? Yeah, you don't have that? <laughs> I
1: mean, no. I mean, I definitely have, like, more. Uh, there's a schedule at home. Like, I make my tea in the morning. I take Rocky for a walk in the morning. I We do the dishes every morning and, like, get the kitchen clean and make the bed. Like, there's a a, a whole little uh, routine of a catalog of things that, that I go through every morning when I'm home. And that's just all out the window when I'm on tour. Like, yeah. Not, I can't have my favorite tea. I don't get to eat my favorite breakfast. I don't go for a walk. Like, what the hell? There's no time for that. Or it's too cold. You know, every you're in, like, snow clothes sometimes. And it's like, the hell, you're going to go walk in the snow? No way. Um, (laughs) I would probably benefit from, if I could create a routine on tour. I know my brother does. I know he does. Yeah. and because they're sober dudes, like, they will uh, go work out together. They'll wake up early in the morning and go work out in, like, the hotel gym. I'm like, who do you
0: think you are? <laughs> like, yeah, hey, that's not so fair. Healthy. How dare you? <laughs> that's really cool, though. I mean, that's that's super cool. Yeah, I think, I guess, yeah, it's just, I think tour is just funny because everyone's like oh my god that's you know and i think it is cool too i all of the reasons why everyone thinks it's cool it is but yeah i think um i have like i like my schedule when i'm home in my morning schedule too it's like great i like walk you know who and Mm -hmm. just like think without Mm -hmm. doing anything else for like four hours and then all this other shit, whatever it else it is, which is typically like not a whole lot, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I like on tour. I just like, um, I take like the uh, body very serious um, Mm -hmm. and uh, like wake up early, like chug a bunch of water. And I do go for a walk. Not like no matter what, even if it's like around the hotel a bunch of times and like, go and get like the hot water from the lobby and just like drink you know what I mean I don't know it's a weird thing and then just like um yeah and then like I only eat I eat like super early and then I only eat breakfast and lunch and then I don't eat again after two because I can't sing Mm -hmm. if I had food within seven hours if I'm not drunk it turns out like so, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if Pretty smart. This is really, I need to adopt some of these ideas. For- yeah. Well, that's why we're talking. It's yeah. like, you know, gotta share ideas, but yeah, I feel like when I get home, I'm just like, forget to eat. And then it's like two or it's like now or later. And I'm like, oh, I'm so, oh, I'm so hungry. What happened? And then, and then I forget, I'll like maybe eat or then maybe I'll be in bed at like, 10. I'll be like, oh, I'm so hungry. Like, what's gonna happen? <laughs> you know, <laughs> where's the food? Um, <laughs> You know, uh, well, that's one
1: of the things I do at home. I do a lot of cooking and I take yeah. baths. And I was telling that's a- so cool. I was talking to a friend about th- that the other day. And she was like, those are the two things that's really hard to do on tour. You can't really cook for yourself. Mm-mm. And it's really hard to find like a good bathtub to like relax in if you are in a bathtub you're like sharing it with the rest of the dudes and they're like can i come in and it's like ah you can't you can't really relax in for like an hour or two like a a good bath
0: Uh, yeah they're the only few times where we've ever or the few times we've had a bath that i was like i will put my i would like to put my body in here (laughs) like and sit like by myself (laughs) yeah then i'm just like thinking but they're just there like something about that like cuts off The good part (laughs) of the bath for me is, like, having everybody else just be in, like, right there, like, Mm -hmm. looking at their phones for some reason just doesn't feel, like, that chill. Um, Or just, like, like you can't connect to the water or something. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, well, I – yeah, I really thank you. You're right. Like, yeah, because I also – the other thing is I feel like I've had a hard time – like, you know, as we are trying to get more in touch with ourselves and feel um, better about ourselves and become more powerful, self-reliant beings, um, I just have been really, like, noticing that I don't really, not connected to my body and I'm not using my intuition on tour and um and i guess like i've just been like oh is it possible and you know because it's like but then again also you don't though a lot of why we're talking now is like the main thing you learn from is like discomfort especially supreme discomfort is like such a good catalyst for learning and growing which is comfort isn't like that is like kind of my enemy, like, you know, like my like kryptonite. Uh, But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, trying to be like a more psychic intuitive being. Like I've, I have been looking at it like each day where you're like, ah, I don't, yeah, I'll eat that. Or no, I don't, whatever you want or like, I don't need that or, no, that's fine. Or you forget, can't eat because of some you're late or all of these things that add up that are you not like choosing yourself. Like I had just in my mind gotten to a place where that means like, you're becoming weaker. You're not I'm becoming a witch, but uh, maybe it doesn't mean that maybe it's just a wash. <laughs>
1: I think it. I think there's, I think we, you and I both do a lot of like uh, empathizing with the people around us and like on tour we get we're like constantly checking in constantly checking up on everyone else's well-being and we could both do a better job of like directing that energy towards ourselves more of like really checking in with our body really checking in with how like taking stock of physical how are we feeling emotional how are we feeling what do we need right Our tour manager, Yohan, is always like, mad at you, take a nap. And there's like one other thing that he says that I forget too, like something about sleep on it or whatever. But I, I think it's like if we could just make sure that we are directing our empathy back on ourselves like 50% of the time, that would make us whole, healthy beings and definitely better witches. Um Because witches are in their power, and that does make you powerful to be, like, in control of your
0: vessel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess, um, yeah, well, I really love you. And um, I I was just really, like, yeah, I guess I – and for just everybody is, like, it's really – it's really hard – there's nothing worse than loss, obviously, like (laughs) (laughs) the, but, uh, you know, like it's really hard. The person that like, no one grieves the same. No one grieves the same amount. Even the same person doesn't grieve the same in all their different situations. It's different. Shocking. It's everything. And, uh, some, that person doesn't necessarily know how to be, how they want to be helped or if they want to be helped or whatever. And, uh, it's also hard for friends to, yeah, like, no, like, should I ask about this? We've, we're just talking about it. You're like, I don't know if I should, like, check in. And, like, I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like I didn't do that. I feel like I was just like, don't bring it up because it's too scary. Um, and I guess that um, I just, like, have no comment on that because that's just what happened and we were both doing our own weird thing um Mm -hmm. but yeah is that like i guess when i talked to you and you had you know like it wasn't because you were better (laughs) like not like all better but not because that but just like how fucking cool it is um that you found something even outside of that that's like making you lose old patterns and also or not acknowledge but see when other people's shit is their shit and I just think that you're real cool and I'm (laughs) real proud of you and I'm so grateful that you came here um and talked about this you know situation and just like what you got from it because I think that that's not sure why but that's my obsession I think in life is like how did you get through it I and mean, how yeah. can we all learn I guess yeah. that's what Christians like too right
1: <laughs> I mean I think it's like one of the many meanings of life is like helping each other like we're all just walking each other home I think isn't that what what you say yeah. like we're all we're all just helping each other through through this it's like we're we're each other's midwives through this journey of just like what do you need what can I get for you how can I help and so yeah thank you for like giving me space and being kind and like caring about me going through trauma and grief um and thank you for having me on your show to talk about it like I love you very very much I'm really always happy to talk to you especially about the tough stuff
0: yeah just get (laughs) in there the grime and gunk but Mm -hmm. um well before i let you go um to practice right Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. going to practice new songs Mm -hmm. um is there yeah is there anything you want to tell the world Mm -hmm. um do you have anything coming up that you're super
1: stoked about yeah we're playing we're about to leave for canada this will probably come out after canada so i'm excited to go to canada and when you're (laughs) listening to this Go look up photos of how much fun we had, <laughs> and uh, and then I think after that we play Austin Psych Fest in April. Oh, we play we play a, a festival in in San Diego at Soma in like February. And Then we yeah. the next we play Austin Psych Fest we get to play on the Witch Day. There's like yeah. L A Witch, Witch, all them witches, Frankie and the Witch Fingers. It's like the bit, the Witch Day. I I'm know.
0: <laughs> What's well, when I saw that at first I was kind of like like is this like an SNL skit you know like is it or like you know those fake things people were posting about like Coachella where they would put like what they want uh-huh. I was like is this real cause it's like and then I was like oh shit they did that like they went that's there. there Rob that's so you cool. know Rob was like
1: hee 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 programming a totally. <the> witch
0: day <laughs> yeah that's so I mean there's so many yeah that there's it's so many there's no stinkers in the witch batch you know? I know. The, yeah. the Witch Day is going to be a good one. <laughs> Hell yeah. Best one of all. Get your tickets now. Well, I love you. Thank you so much for coming here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs>